podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny. Cardiff City's championship campaign is underway after a two-all draw away at Leeds. We're back. It's the view from the ninny and joining me as always to dissect the action and look ahead to the coming games, Ben Price, Tom Phillips. Ben, um, tell the listeners about your accident. It was an accident. I was playing football on Saturday and I've torn my calf. Uh, do you want so to describe current. what the pain was like? It's like, this is going to sound really niche, but have you ever had like a cattle prod in the back of your leg, like an electric stick in the back of your leg? Often, mate. Often. It's what I do on Fridays. So that's so you know exactly what it's like. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what but, it's like. Quite interesting. But unlike uh, you, I wasn't aroused while doing it. No, but that's um, that's one of my very specific um, kind of sexual uh, proclivities. Uh, Tom, uh, any any cattle prods in the back of your thighs? Uh, considering from West Wales, surprisingly not. No, no, no farming instruments. No, no, all good. No injuries to report. Nothing, nothing at nothing. all. Ready, right, fit good. and firing. Fit and firing, ready to go. Right. Well, there is only one place to start, and that's yesterday's game against Leeds. Um, a bit of a daunting trip to start the season Leeds obviously one of the relegated teams but we came away with a point disappointing and good in equal measure but Ben let's start at the start obviously Leeds isn't the easiest place to go to Ellen Road's pretty daunting because their fans like to tap their chests and sing marching on together um what were your expectations going into the game well I said last week like anything from there is a bit of a bonus really you look at that squad you forget how deep it's like the deep the talent pool there is they've got a really strong squad there and they've added to it really well um so yeah I was a bit I don't want to say I was like pessimistic but sort of I wasn't holding out much hope realistic realistic yeah. well I mean when you look their forward line was what Nonto Somerville Dan James um obviously Nonto is I think capped for Italy already um yes he's small but he's also very good um, so there was a bit of kind of nervousness going into the game, wasn't there? Um, Tom, it's probably a surprise with the starting lineup. Um, obviously, Ogbo in, um, there was no Jamalou Collins, Raul still captain. Um, was it as you expected, or did you expect to see different players in the starting lineup? Yeah, I didn't expect Ogbo to start. Um, but it's always exciting that first game of the season because you don't know. Like, you could try and guess after pre-season fixtures, but you just don't know what's been going on in training, who the manager fancies, especially when it's a new manager like that as well. But, you know, I, I, I thought it was a decent lineup, And it, it's good that we've got options. It's good that we're having this conversation that we could have had other players coming in because it became very obvious who was playing at times last year. And it was often not good. So, no, it's nice to have those options. And, yeah, it, and we started pretty well with it. Um, ben, did you expect Rawls to retain the captaincy or did you think Ramsey would get it just by being virtue of being Aaron Ramsey? No, I think it sort of gives the wrong message. Ramsey can be a leader in that squad without taking the armband. I think it's important that Rawls didn't lose that, to be honest. I, I didn't like it when Bellamy came in and took the armband from Hudson and they made oh. out, was it Hudson was still the club captain, but Bellamy was like the on-pitch captain. I don't like that shit. I think if you come And I was the in-stand like, captain. That's what I it told was myself what? anyway. I was the in-stand <laughs> captain. Oh, you? Yeah, that's what I told myself anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. <laughs> yeah, it, that's throw me that. <laughs> not worth the interruption at all. But No, <laughs> no, it was a bit Tourette's there. Um, anyway, Ben, I'll come back to you because I ruined your answer to that one. Um, first half, I mean, you know, away at Leeds wasn't really sure what to expect were we going to play within ourselves were we going to try and absorb the pressure but it was an incredible first half wasn't it we we, we played on the front foot we had players who were willing to run at them and and, and actually attack the defence yeah pressing we were getting players in the box which is something we cr- criticised constantly last year was no one was in the box at the right time um, it sounds like four or five men in the box knocking the ball about really well not sort of early sort of Steve Morrison style just passing it around for the sake of it they was always just looking for it to keep possession, keep it turning over and sort of looked really solid as well. There was a couple of early bits of Grutas that he looked a bit sort of nervy is probably the best way to describe it, but he settled in really well and 
the first half was possibly it was like it was the perfect away performance really in that kind of game, wasn't it? Yeah, Tom. Um, I think you know we talk about debut players. Obviously, we'll get to Ugbo because obviously he was he had a, a big kind of um, say so in the game. But the first person I want to talk about is uh, Bowler. Obviously, signed late in the week. Um, perhaps you didn't expect him to start because he only came in. I think probably Wednesday, Thursday. In the end, um, may not have had much time. But how refreshing is it to have a w- winger who just wants to run at people and make space? Every time he got the ball, he looked to get at the defense, get beyond them, get to the byline, get into the box. It, it was spectacular, wasn't it? It's great. It's what we've been crying out for, you know. And as fans, as well, you want to see you want exciting players, and we've lacked that for years. So, you know, he said it when he signed that he's the type of player who likes to run at people. You know, he likes to attack, and he did just that. And it, it's great because it, it gives a team like Leeds something to think about. You know, it's not just us camping behind the ball. We've got people who can break, and yeah, he was fantastic. And I think our fans are bought into him straight away. You know, it, it gives us a bit of expectation now going into games like when we're playing some mid-table or lower lower end of the table teams now. We've got those players that we can attack and we can go and go and you know go and win the three points rather than kind of nick them. Um, we can dictate the game a little bit more. And yeah, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Um, let's talk about the first goal, Ben. Um, obviously, the move started with uh, I think Rawls received the ball out of defence from McGuinness. He turns and I mean Ododa had all the space in the world to exploit on the left, but. That shows just how good he is as a left-back, doesn't it? Because he plays on the front foot for a left-back and he's able to get into that space, get to the byline and pick the perfect pass, isn't he? Yeah, he was... Odada was clear. He was playing... It was like he was playing left-wing and left-back at the same time in that first half. He was unbelievable. He saw the space and was just constantly in it, but somehow managed to do his defensive duties really well at the same time. And yeah, like that you said, that pass to pick out Bowler for the first shot was just pinpoints it's really easy to sort of rush that and fire it across sort of like think oh I'll fire it across a crowded box, right? box. Fire it to the six yard box yeah and see where it ends up but no he, pick, he head up picked the pass and the right pass as well and it was just yeah and the pass from Riles as well that's a wicked ball like just the vision yeah. there to sort of pick that out and him going off was a huge loss for that and sort of lost that dynamicism from the midfield but it's just a really really fun sort of nice counter-attacking goal on it it's the sort of thing I don't know about you boys, but it's the kind of football I love watching that sort of counter-attack, sweeping, just quick movement and just a lovely little finish. But it's also a massive departure from last year, right? Because, you know, at the start of the season, there were moves like that. I think, you know, when we played against Birmingham, um, that goal we scored against Birmingham, there was a lot of kind of wing play and we got the ball into the box, but it completely dried up towards the end of the season to something more attritional. And that was well, just... At the start of the season, it, again, no one was getting the box, were they? No. Yeah. And then with Bowler, there was Ugbo... Uh, Ramsey, I think, was in there. Ramsey and Bowler in there, all looking for the ball in the right spaces. Yeah. That's a mentality thing. That's a coaching issue. That's that's definitely down to the manager telling people to get in there. He's looked at it and gone, you weren't getting in there. And that's something they worked on 100%. Uh, and Tom, obviously, the ball went across. Bowler misses the first chance. Um, but then uh, the composure from Ugbo and Bowler to kind of just, just settle themselves. And I, I've written it down here that I think um, Ugbo's touch was almost Camarasa-esque. You know, when he laid it back against for, for Zahor against Southampton. But it was just the deftest of touch to find him, wasn't it? And Bowler just picked his spot. And I mean, it was hard to see from the away end from where we were, but um, we went nuts, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely bonkers. It was a great moment, like taking the lead away from home, first game of the season against Leeds. And that's what you dream of, isn't it? So, but like, I think we showed great composure around the box all day. Like, every pass that we were putting in, were, you know, it was measured. It wasn't just blasting it across the face of goal and hoping for the best. It was players picking each other out. And if we're doing that this early in the season with new players linking up that well, then that's, yeah. that's only going to be a good sign for us. So I think, yeah, both the goals just so show, yeah, the intent that we've got in those attacking areas. And we look fluid now. And yeah, it, it, it does make you, it does like raise the confidence levels going forwards because it, it's just so, so good to watch. Well, that's it, right? You know, we'll talk about QPR towards the end, but, you know, we're we're going to be playing QPR this Saturday and QPR team are already down on their confidence, already looking like a team who are going to be in the doldrums. And all of a sudden, if you think, well, that was the first half against Leeds, who are going to be one of the better teams in the league. If we can just translate that performance into into those games against mid-table teams, into games who against teams who will be around us in the league, then all of a sudden we're going to be looking up rather than down, right? Um Ben, let's talk about the second goal. Um, obviously, it was a, a great time to score, about 40 minutes uh, just before half-time. Um, again, 
bowler on the right. Um, I think it was into play with either Wintle or Ramsey. I can't remember which currently, but it was a one-two. Bowler just got into the box, and, and for, I know it was probably with, with Wintle because um, Ramsey was in the box. But it just showed great intent, didn't it? It was just a simple one-two. Bowler gets in the box, and all of a sudden there's space there, isn't it? Yeah, and players running into that space as well, not standing still, constantly looking where the opportunity is going to open up, and a little bit of good fortune with it, sort of the way it dropped. But yeah, can't can't complain with the finish. And yeah, Ugbo really, really proved his worth for that first half of why he got the start. Because yeah. I think based off preseason, I was a bit concerned. Is probably the best way of saying it. I wasn't sure sort of how he was going to fare. But if he plays like he did against Leeds. The rest of the season, we've got a hell of a, hell of a find in our hands there. Well, that's it, right? You, you know, we I think we said about Ugbo is that it, it felt like he might have been the signing we got early in the summer that because we couldn't get anyone else at that point or we thought we were going to miss out on other targets. But now all of a sudden, if you've seen him play in, you know, it, that's his debut. Then you've got people like Robinson to come back in the team. You've got Grant who can come back in. You've got Bowler there now on the right. You've got O'Dowder who could be pushed forward if you want to bring in Jamalou Collins. All of a sudden, we've got four or five different combinations of attacking players that's going to set us up really well for the rest of the season. Um, Tom, obviously, 2-0 at half time. We were always going to have to deal with the kind of lead storm in the second half. But, you know, we'll, we'll get to the goals. But it felt like we weathered the storm quite well, didn't it? I know Alnwick made some saves. There were a couple of moments where they got to the line, but a lot of the time we kept them at bay. And I, you know, and I think that was down to Gutas and McGuinness, right? Their defensive play at times was pretty phenomenal. Yeah, it's just a pity that we conceded so early in that second half. Yeah. Like we just didn't give enough chance to build that frustration, to build that nerves in the home end. I think like going into halftime, chatting with people like around when you're having a drink in the concourse. I think a lot of people were like, we're going to lose this 3-2. It had that air about it. So I think I think we did weather a lot of it well. I, I think we give the ball away far too much at we times. We did, yeah. We made it easy for them to just come at us with wave after wave of attack. And hopefully we can improve on that. But yeah, I thought Gutes was fantastic. I thought McGuinness was as well. Um, and we were playing the quality side. Obviously, it is super disappointing conceding in the 95th minute. But I think... There was an appreciation in that away end of what a decent point it was. I think in years gone by, like conceding in the 95th minute equaliser, I think heads would have dropped. But I think people are seeing past that because it's been so bad in the last couple of seasons. I think we saw enough there weather in the storm in that second half to take positives from it. Um, And it was weird because it felt like both home and away fans were pretty happy leaving the ground at the end of the game. Um, ben, let's talk about the first goal. Um, obviously, a corner, Liam Cooper, I mean, he rose brilliantly to, to head the ball, but some suggestion there might have been a foul in there on Gutas. There's a bit of shirt pulling going on. He kind of gets impeded. I'm clutching at straws, but do you think the referee could have could have given a foul there? I don't think so. Um, I'd love to say, yeah, we were robbed, but nah, he wanted it. You can he? say that, Ben. You can say that. Nah, I'll, I'll I'll let him have this one because I think he's done some da- he's done some damage to his ankle. So he has, yeah, yeah. Who's the who's the real winner? I, I, I he can't I, go to Saudi Arabia now, can he? So <laughs> well, I'd say I can walk properly, but that's a lie. Um, yeah, yeah. Me and him both on crutches, so you're down um, this level now. Yeah, we're all we're all there. Um, Tom, you know, I I, I said that um, you know. We weathered the storm for the majority of it, but um, Alnwick and goals made two two particular two saves in particular that stood out. There was the one from Nonto where he got down, and uh, I think he um, tipped it over or maybe onto the bar. And there was the one from Dan James that was um, I think it was one in the first half as well from Somerville, but in the second half there was the one from Dan James. It was um, he, he showed that he could potentially be number one. Yeah, they were good, solid saves. I think it's disappointed if a keeper's not making them. And last year our keeper wasn't making them, so. Um, I think I think that's why he has got his hand up now to be number one because we want a competent keeper, and yeah. you know we're not asking for we're not asking for a, you know peak David Marshall at the moment. We just want someone who we can rely on that the fans can have a bit of confidence in. And you know if you play if you put in performances like that, then there's no reason why he isn't starting for us every game. Um, let's talk about the second goal, Ben. Um, it... We held on, we held on, we held on, and then a bit of pinball in the box and the ball falls to them quite favourably. I mean, McGuinness did well to get the block in, Abu Adams threw himself at the ball, I think Gutas is in there as well, but it was a bit of a sucker punch the way the ball fell, but he took the goal well, didn't he, and put it into into the bottom corner. Yeah, it's behind him as well, it's it's a really tidy finish. Very instinctive. It's, there's nothing you can do there, like, you just got to hold your hands up and say, look, it's just, they just got that bit of luck. 
I think part of it is the lads were throwing themselves at it. So does it come off Winter or Boo Adams as they throw themselves at it? It's hit about three players. It's ridiculous. And it just caused to drop in almost the perfect place for him. Um, Yeah, it's just one of those. There's a few people trying to make out that we probably should have done this, we should have done that to sort of stop it happening. But I'm not faulting any of those lads. They gave, like, you were saying about, like, the goodwill and, like, the 3-2 sort of before, or, like, the draw in the 96th minute would have been, like, a kick in the teeth previous seasons. I think the reason the fans were so receptive to it and sort of so okay with it was... There was effort there, wasn't there? You can't say any like none of those players didn't put a shift and didn't try and take no. home all three points. It was just that finest of margin stopped it from happening. Um, go on, Tom. Go on. Go on. I, I think I think there was probably an opportunity to cut it off at source, though. I think there's a chance well, that there, there, the Romeo to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he, he goes sprinting out. And it looks like he's got there with enough time to put a challenge in, and then stops he and tries to like. Well, he kind of intentionally trusted like shield, doesn't he, rather than making the tackle. And that is clutching straws a little bit, I think. It has been a little bit hard. But, you know, at that stage of the game, you kind of want him just to go for the ball, try and put it into Rosette and take the man with him. But, you know, and that, I think that is just nitpicking. Like, they deserved a draw at the end of the day, didn't they, Leeds? Like, yeah. we can't really, like, be too hard, to, feel too hard done by by it. But it would have been nice to nick a win out of there. I, th- I think, look, I, w- I want to focus on the positives, but I think there needs to be acknowledgement that in that second half, there were moments where we were a bit weak on the ball. We weren't very good at getting out, right? You know, there was there was times later on, I thought when bowlers, you know, bowlers got the ball, instead of running at them, he kind of hesitates, loses the ball. There's times where Rinomota and Etete were on um, and they're kind of trying to run the ball into the corners and things like that. And they just weren't strong enough on the ball or they were, I think Rinomota's first two pieces of pieces of play were he got the ball was crowded out by someone and just gave it up so easily. And I think I don't want to be too critical because it's a new team. It's a new way of playing and that will come. But there's those moments that maybe in four or five games time when players are more confident and more suited to the system or we're playing the second half in a slightly different way that maybe won't happen. And I think while we can focus on the positives for now, because Ben, obviously we, we've already talked about it, but O'Dowda, Gutas, um, McGuinness were outstanding. Abu Adams came on and, you know, for a first championship performance away at Leeds, he really didn't look out of place, did he? No, he looked good. But I think the the difference is, I think Bullet mentioned his pre-match, uh, his post-match, sorry, was the game change when rules came off. The pressure of was there. And they're very different players. Like, we've, we had a lot of issues before with like, midfield being very similar. Um, yeah. I don't think there's any, any player in that squad now that does what rules does. It's not the fancy stuff. He breaks stuff up quite nicely and just... Is solid. Adams is a bit is a bit of a different player, and st- again, never played championship level before. He was thrown in at the deep end. You're going up against a newly relegated, uh, newly relegated side in your debut after a year out injured um, in a new league. He did absolutely nothing wrong all game. You can't fault him because that's not an easy way to make your debut. That no, and I think I think the Rolls thing is is a fair point, and I think that's. Again, it's something we've kind of glossed over. We'll talk about it when it comes to signings. But he went off at a crucial point in the game. Obviously, he he basically made the first goal with his pass for O'Dowder. And like you say, he does the he does the simple stuff really well in terms of breaking the play and, and getting the ball out. But he also does the spectacular stuff sometimes. Like his pass for O'Dowder, he can get on free kicks. He can also shoot from distance. So um, it, it, I think it did change the game. Um, let's get on to the Twitter questions. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about from the Leeds game in here. But first one, um, Tom, I'll come to you on this one um, from our friend, Ryan Marsh, um, how much is acceptable to pay for a gym membership? Um, I don't know what sparked this, Tom. I don't know if you can shed any light on the situation, but how much is acceptable to pay for a gym membership? I don't think you could put a price on your well-being, really, uh, personally. <laughs> so I think it's a, it's a horrible... You should have a dig. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to look after myself and I shouldn't be mocked for it. So, yeah, that's all I'm going to say on the matter. No, no further comment? No further comment. I'm I'm, um, pr- I'm prying into more of this off camera. I want to know the story. <laughs> well, Ben, so let's ask you, Ben, how much do you think is acceptable to pay for a gym membership? £30 a month. Yeah, £30. That seems reasonable, doesn't it, Tom? Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. All right. I, well, there's a story to be told here, so let us get into that in a little bit. Uh, let's go to Alex Wissam. It doesn't seem to work that well with NG at right back. Do you think we'll end up with Collins and Romeo as the two fullbacks eventually? Ben, I don't think NG does much wrong and I think it'd be the defence would be worse without him but could, he, could we see Collins and Romeo as the main two? 
I, I don't think Romeo's the main right back this year. Um, I thought Engie was really good. Um, he might not get forward as much as people would like, sort of compared to O'Darrell, but I thought he was really solid and kept. There was a reason a lot of the danger came down that left hand side, and Dan James was pretty quiet for most of the game. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought NG was fine. He, he, he didn't do as much as the stepping into centre midfield as he did earlier in preseason, but give it time, it'll come, I think. Um, yeah, I don't see Romeo, barring an injury to Perry, sort of getting a consistent run of games this year, which is a shame because I really like Romeo as a right back. I think he's really good for us last year. But um, no, nah, Perry, Perry did nothing wrong yesterday. Uh, Adam Cameron, very good performance yesterday from the lads up at Bullet Bluebirds. Uh, when do you think we'll see Leicester tickets go on sale and how many fans can you see making the trip? Tom, I think Leicester tickets go on sale Wednesday of this week, potentially. Um, I mean, after yesterday's performance, surely we're taking our full allocation again, right? Yeah, I think so. I think um, plenty of fans will be you know, pretty buoyant after yesterday. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't think we'll struggle to sell them whatsoever. I think there's a massive buzz about our fan base at the moment. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll talk more about the um, concourse and stuff yesterday. Um, three questions from Josh, uh, Ben. Um, is Alnwick better than Alsop? I think yes. Should Atete go out on loan to get fitter, learn how to compete with men? When was the last time we were on Sky and it was exciting like yesterday? You usually end up playing rubbish. Interesting point on the last one. We always tend, you know, apart from Rotherham, I think, last year when we scored quite late on. That was probably the last time we were good on Sky. Um, on Atete, Ben, what do we do with the marionette puppet? play him and get him back into the form he was towards the end of last year um, I think he's still he's sort of a bit unsure on himself he's seen these new players come in and seems to have lost a bit of confidence yeah um, it's a bit of a shame really because he was quite frustrating like the one probably negative I've got is there was times he'd, he'd make the wrong decision in that short appearance he had um, the one chance he should have there was a time where he sort of had the ball up top he would lose it he's not great at hold at play and the one time he brought it down, sort of managed to hold up, he decided to take it towards goal when it's like the 80, it was like the 92nd, 93rd minute. And you've got to take it to the corner there. Yeah. You've got to take it to the corner and waste your time. I know no one wants to see it. No one likes to hear it. But at that point, it's all about game management. And we just, yeah, he's just got to be coached more. It's, it's He's still young. He's not played, I don't think he's played 100 league games. He's not going to be the finished article. Give him time. I still think there's a good player there. So probably played more games than Jack Simpson. Um, Tom uh, Pep Chris Peplo says how can Leeds have a single concourse for two and a half thousand fans now anyone who was there at Leeds yesterday um, and enjoyed what can only be described as the sauna of the bar um, is that the hottest bar at an away end you've ever been in Tom yeah you hit a wall of heat it was mad. You come down the steps from the seats, and it's like this wall of like yeah. just warm air hit you. And then they refused to open the, the doors on the side to let a bit of air in. It was packed in there like sardines in your. And then the water down beer in the like the paper cups or whatever they were giving out as well. It was a shambles down there. Really, it, it's it's clearly a ground that has, is lacking a bit of love. You can see it had former glories, but that hasn't been started up in a long, long time. A long time, has it? Not, not at all. It was grim down there. Um, yeah, shoulder to shoulder, I was sweating my ass off. Uh, what I will say is, is that the stewards inside the uh, bar did try and open the doors, but um, a very angry Yorkshireman came and said, you can't have these doors open and slammed them shut in front of us. Um, and fair play to the Cardiff fans. They didn't take it lying down. They kept knocking on the door to try and get it back open. And that only served to wind them up even more. So fantastic effort <laughs> from everyone. <laughs> the thing um, is, it's not like you look at like old grounds that sort of got a bit of character. Goodison Park, it's old, but it's got a bit of character about it. Ellen Road, just from the outside and the inside, just looks like a shithole. It's, it's it's not got the charm that sort of other old grounds do. It's a mismatch. It's a hodgepodge. I I like even like Loftus Road or something like that. It's it's not got that about it. I don't the, like it. The away end was quite strange because you kind of go into a corner and in that corner you get further and further away from the pitch and you're almost behind the screen if you're in 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 the kind of far corner. Um, got, it's got one massive stand which I didn't fully appreciate when I've seen it on TV because I think they potentially film from but from that stand. But there's one stand that looms over everything else that's. If you're sat at the back of that, you're really high up, but the rest of it's quite quite low. It's quite a small ground. Um, 
and it's it was odd. I mean, I don't know what they were expecting, but obviously they sold the lower tier um, to to Leeds fans, and obviously when they scored, they all turned around and gave it biggins. And I must have seen about four or five bottles of seven that fly down from our stand back into the the home end. And it's like, what the fuck do you expect? <laughs> Like, you know, this is just idiotic. Why did you do this? Um, I also saw two two Leeds fans doing um, Salah playing gestures and a policeman just filming them throughout. So I hope they get their banning orders in the post very soon because obviously we made a big thing and song and dance on Friday about not doing tragedy, chan- tra- tragedy chanting and things like that. And then those dickheads were doing that. So go fuck yourself, lads. Uh, blue flyby. It was fantastic, frustrating LUFC and nicking two goals in the first half. But that second half was brutal and a wake-up call for anyone with hopes of anything more than a mid-table finish this year. We offered nothing offensively, absolutely nothing for 50 minutes of football. I think that's a bit harsh. It's a new team. Leeds came out and just threw everything at us. That won't happen against, I would say, 15, 16 teams in this league. Um, there's a lot to there's a lot to build on in that performance. I think we'll be okay. Uh, Tim Burns, Concur and O'Dowder, very encouraging start. Defensive lines are solid, but five players in the box for both our goals. Errol already looks to have an attacking plan that will give us goals this season. How many goals will we score this season, Ben? Uh, I'll be happy anything over 55. Anything over 55, Tom? Oh, well, what's a normal amount? That's something I've never thought of, like the collect- well, collective amount about, of goals. Last year was about 40, wasn't it? 40, 41. Oh, I reckon around 60-odd then. I'm going to go 65. I reckon we're going to be fairly high-scoring. Well, Sky was saying it averages it's to guarantee, like, if you got eight, it's 82 goals or something to the average for a promoted side. Okay. So, so. All right, okay. I'll go 82. Um, <laughs> Hugh, Hugh Reese, second half, the ability to keep the ball for more than five seconds and give the ball away. Our throwings are so frustrating if they've never done a throw in before. Gutted, but would have taken the draw beforehand, beat QPR at home, draw Leicester away, and that's a solid start. That. Yayan says Abu Adams would have been handy last season. Sarah Paul, what did you think of Abu Adams' performance? Thought he did well when he came on, but I think Riles is a big loss in the middle for the rest of the game. I, I can't. I really can't fault Abu Adams when he came on. Thrown in at the deep end, he got stuck in, he broke up the play really well. I think, you know, he's a different player to Riles, as we already talked about, but if we've got him as an option in midfield alongside Riles, Wintle, and if we sign somebody else, then I think we've really got a, a good, solid four in the middle of the park. Um, Reese, I'm really talking about what was your thoughts on the Okobo chance in the second half when played in IG? Got to be hitting there the target for me at a time when it could have wrapped up the points. Um, Tom, obviously it happened right in front of us. It broke through on goal. I don't really know if he knew how much time he had, but he had to hit it, but he could have been... He just needed to get his head over it, didn't he? Yeah, he still had like not a lot to do. I think like, the keeper's going to be favourite in that position there. He's like a bit of a distance out, but he did snatch it a little bit. I think, yeah, obviously, if you score that moment, I think it's game set and match then. But, you know, I, it was a tough chance. It wasn't guilt edge or anything. He went yeah. for the nice finish, not the sort of... He should. My feeling is he should have taken that across the face of the keeper, not gone for sort of mm. same, like near side sort of top ends. Um, but again, like if he's taken that on in that place, it shows there's a bit of confidence there and you don't want to drum that out of him. No, exactly. And I think, you know, he did well to get in front of goal. I think, you know, in that situation, half the time, it is just about getting your head over it and trying to shoot. And I think he tried what he could do. Um, Milo Davis, positive pod. Presuming the football stuff will have been covered already. So I want to make sure that here he goes. His left print Jack gets the it deserves a proper way to start the season. That also is bullet, the most attractive manager we've ever had. Um, Tom, what did you think of the jacket? Or your leopard print number? Yeah. Um, not my cup of tea, but I think you wear it well. Thank you very much. Um, the yeah. the steward, as I walked in, the steward went supreme, and that's all he said to me. Was he talking about a jacket <laughs> or you? It's a supreme barber, Ben. Limited edition. <laughs> Fuck's sake, Milo knows. Get him on the pod. Give me loads of compliments. <laughs> Uh, uh, Nate W how long has it been since we've had a manager as well dressed on the and as it was and it's nice to see a manager dressing in something other than a tracksuit isn't it yeah it was it's it's a difficult thing to wear the cardigan isn't it and Errol sort of managed to make that look cool yeah yeah he managed to make it look cool which is something not many people can do myself included Um, I look like a granddad in a cardigan Um, so fair play to him Um, Tom what would you wear if you were on the touchline I'd be like Russell Slade. Um, I'd be a quite tall, balding man 
in tracky bottoms and a cap, 100%. Uh, ben, you wouldn't wear a cardigan? No, I think i probably go... See, I'd like to think I'd go for the pep sort, the pep sort of uh, style dress. D-squared and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I feel like I'd be giving off too much divorced dad energy. Like, Pep's a bit too... Pep's quite a lot cooler than me. I'd um, sort of midlife crisis sort of energy. Sorry. So, no. Pep Guardiola's not cool. Pep Guardiola is a fucking nerd. Do you know what I think? He doesn't dress... Yeah, I think he's a fucking geek, man. I don't think he dresses well at all. Um, also, he probably wears those Alexander McQueen trainers that all football managers wear. Um, Harry Dickens, do we need another goalkeeper in if Alnwick keeps up those performance levels through August? And who needs the most minutes on Wednesday? We'll talk about Wednesday um, shortly, because obviously there's going to be a lot of changes for Wednesday. Uh, Tom, do we need another goalkeeper if Alnwick's going to be number one? Do we, you know, Alnwick and Alsop, both Al's, they're, they're a pretty good duo, aren't they? <laughs> They're an all right duo. They're a competent duo at times. I think we, I think we need another one in the door. Yeah, definitely. I'm not going to turn it down. I don't think it's as pressing as some other positions, but I definitely wouldn't turn down another keeper. All right, I will um, bear that in mind. Uh, James uh, Ginger Ninja says, "How refreshing is it for us to be clinical in front of goal?" Back in lovely. Uh, Reese Williams overall thought it was a really positive showing. Hopefully next week we will get to show the other side of our game and really get at that QPR defence. Would also be nice for the fringe players to progress in the cup for once on Wednesday. Connor Davis, was it one of you with the grease flag I saw up there for Gutas? If so, top support. That was Laurie, uh, Laurie Lazarus, um, as we find out his name is. Um, you know what Laurie Lazarus is, uh, Ben? That means Laurie Laurie. Two lorries. Um, yeah, he took a Greek flag for Gutas. Um, I don't think Gutas saw it, but I think he will by the end of the season. Uh, Bluebirds passed. We seem to have a team with a backbone for the first time in a while. While the result was us, was gutting after being 2-0 up. Yesterday has given me nothing but confidence that we'll be a handy team this season. Fucking positive pod. Uh, Daniel Morgan, have you ever made a worse decision than taking the two-year-olds to Leeds away? I'm not sure I have. Better you than me, Daniel. Um, ben, Why? what's the worst decision you've ever made? I'm not getting to that. I'm opening that kind of Williams right here. But who looks at Leeds away and goes, that I tell you what, tell you who's going to fancy that, my toddler that loves fucking Peppa Pig. Do you know Do you know who thought that? Daniel Morgan? Yeah, Dan, Dan thought it, yeah. <laughs> You're a lovely uh, guy, Daniel. Like, you are a lovely, yeah, lovely guy. guy. That is fucking tough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Rodri, already in love with Josh Bowler. Um, Mark uh, Mark Osborne is Grant and fit or still low on confidence from last season um, so I, I don't want to be too critical but Grant probably didn't have the best show in on Saturday Tom um, first game in a new team it'll come won't it yeah leads away first game new team you know I think as a test doesn't get much tougher so uh, yeah give, give him give him a few games before we start judging him too harshly uh, Lane and McCaff also asked that question um, just to acknowledge that. Uh, Brandon Arthur, Ben, where's Ruben Colwell? He was there, wasn't he? He was on the travelling reserves. Travelling reserves. Uh, Kieran Evans. Evans. Uh, so that's what he was. Uh, Diff MJ, <laughs> in, is the first half the best performance we've had versus the biggest side in years? Played good football, scored two very nice goals and didn't really give him much of a sniff. Second half, they suffocated us with their star-studded squad, but I can't remember the last time we looked that well coached. And another, how key is getting another midfielder in who's at a top level on the ball? Errol mentioned it, and it's been clear to see that once, uh, as it's from when struggles got um, to keep control of the ball, as good as Adams was. If Rolls is injured, Tom, then obviously we need to get a midfielder in, don't we? Yeah, I think so. Like We've got options in midfield, but I don't know, as soon as you lose a couple of them, I don't know. There's no like standout. There's a lot of like people at like half decent level. I don't think there's enough there to last a whole season. And I think yeah, we just need one more. I think in just to make it, I don't know, a little bit more convincing. Because yeah, I think if we lose a couple of bodies early doors, we're going to look a little bit paper thin in that area. I think the uh, field is the one area purely because realistically, if everyone's fit, you instantly go in. It's Riles, Wintel, and Ramsey. And yeah. other places on the pitch, you've got question marks over sort of who can go, maybe centre back as well. You're not sort of, you're not blessed for options there. But mid, centre midfield pretty picks itself. So I think we need the need for a first team quality sort of midfielder is huge purely for that reason that we need that competition because last year we got very one dimensional very quickly. And yeah. Raz was class, but yeah, we need that extra bit of quality in there just for different options again. 
Well, you need you need three first class midfielders to go into those two positions, don't we? For rotation, for injuries, suspensions, everything. Um, two Callum O'Dowda tweets coming up now. Golf Tweed and Alan Griffiths. Golf Tweed first. O'Dowda was superb, criminally underrated. Is he the new Ryan Wintle? Alan Griffith. Callum O'Dowda is so 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 good at football. Him and Dimmy were in real yesterday. Gutas, by the way, what a handsome man. The Ninian stand, do you see Alnwick as our number one going forward? He played very well yesterday, or do you think Errol will switch straight back to Alsop when he's available? I think, you know, I think on yesterday's performance, Alnwick should stay as number one for now. I think he was competent on the ball. He passed it out of defence quite nicely. The defence clearly trusted him. You know, he was making really good saves. I, I'd keep him as number one for now, and he's got a lovely beard, and he looks really good in that black goalie top. When's it going on sale, Cardiff City? Please let me know. Thanks for all the tweets. Twitter.com forward slash VFTNinian. Um, just a couple of shout-outs yesterday. Shout-out to the lad who was in front of me who said positive pod for six completed passes. Um, Shout-out to the lad we saw on the view from the Ninian shirt. Shout-out to the lad who climbed over two sets of seats to come and congratulate me on getting married and say thank you for the pod and thank you to the guy. As we left the ground, he said he was a huge fan of the podcast. It was actually really nice having people come up to us and talk to us about the pod. Right, Ben. I've run out of breath. Signings this week. Uh, obviously, Ryle's gone off injured, probably reinforces the need for new midfielders. Bullet's already kind of mentioned it. He expects one more in before Wednesday. I mean, I haven't got a fucking clue who it might be. Do you know? There was a thing on Twitter today about um, the keeper, wasn't there? Um, I can't remember the guy's name now, which is really helpful and really prepared. But there was talk of a goalkeeper from Greece. Oh, he came from Greece. He had a thirst for knowledge. If everyone likes Matt, tweet, Matt tweeted something about him earlier. Um, Diff MJ, hang on, give me a sec. I saw someone um, mention a certain Wayne Hennessy. Only because it's like Nottingham Forest, all that kind of stuff. Andreas Giniast, Diniastosis um, from Astromis Athens. No anything about the name him? I've seen sort of banded around and I know nothing about him, but he does have a tash. So, Ben, you might be a fan. Oh, get in there. Send him a photo. Um, Tom, uh, seen any names for the midfielder we've been talking linked to? Whatever. I don't know where we are anymore. No, I haven't seen anything. But if we do send one more Greek player, I think Laurie Padaikis will explode. Um, so Laurie, keep an Laurie, eye Laurie, on him. Laurie. The next week. Yeah, Laurie Lazarus. So, yeah, that flag's going to get some use. But no, I haven't. To be honest with you, I don't know who to believe and not to believe on Twitter now. So I've just kind of just ignored it because yeah. I don't know. I'll wait till they announce them. Well, old gonna, yeah, old school like that. Um, they did say it was ha- it would happen before Wednesday's game. So my assumption is that we're going to hear pro- something tomorrow, if not Wednesday morning. Um, is there any other business we need to do, Ben? Obviously, there's the perennial links to, to Kiefer Moore, which I don't know if it's going to happen, if it is or isn't going to happen. If we sign another midfielder and another keeper, is that enough? Is that a good enough window? I still think the centre-back is probably a yeah, higher need true. than the keeper. Um, for yeah. me, I think keeper and I think striker until January might be sort of bonuses. I think for me, it's centre back and centre midfielder are the two key key areas. I think we've got enough then to see where we are in January. And Almwick might prove himself to be the answer. We don't need to go with that. We might need to ship Alsop off and put Luthor as sort of second choice. But um, yeah, and again, striker look Ugbo off that performance. I think he'll get a couple of goals, and I, we've seen these goals elsewhere on the pitch, which we didn't really have last year. So it's centre midfield and centre back are the two key areas for me that I'm really desperate to see us reinforce. I guess that's the thing, right? Especially when you look at the attacking line, and I know we touched upon it already, but if you think Jamalou Collins could come back in to replace O'Dowder at left-back, then all of a sudden you've got Collins, O'Dowder and Baggin as a three who can play left-back. But O'Dowder can also be pushed forward. So then if all of a sudden Ugbo or Robinson are injured, you could push Carl and Grant into centre you can then have people on the right. You've got Ruben Colwell who can potentially come in. So, Tom, in that front line, there is there are more options already, isn't there? But in the defensive line, if we lose Gutas or McGuinness, all of a sudden we're looking at Jack Simpson coming in and that fills me with dread, even though I bought his match-worn shirt last year. Yeah, I think the versatility of our front line is the main thing. The fact that you can chop and change and move people about. We haven't got a luxury at the back. We desperately need another signing. I think we've got our starting pairing is sorted at centre back, but we just need depth there because we've seen in games last year. As soon as you're, you're a couple of injuries, we were 
shaky to say the least at the back. Yeah. So we need one, if not two, I think like solid people to come in in that centre back area because yeah, it's we, we are lacking. Um, ben, would you trust NG in the two? Obviously, he played better last season in the three centre. But you know, if you know, if if Gutas or McGuinness gets injured, would you put NG there? Bring Romeo back in? If we had to, yeah. But I still think I'd rather. I'd be a lot more comfortable with a new centre back there if we if we can. I think I think club know that's the place that we need to sort of strengthen. But um, if we have to, Perry's an option, but not sort of my preferred option. If that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, you know, last season he excelled in a three, but that's all of a sudden because you've got two people around you who are kind of looking out for you. When you play in a two, obviously you're a lot more exposed. Um, be interested to see what happens this week. Um, right before we get to talking about Colchester and QPR, Carabao Cup and QPR in the league, um, I did a little quiz. Um, it's not a Wikipedia quiz. It's a five-question quiz. Um Five questions and a tie-break question. Um, I'm hoping that they're not too hard because uh, sometimes I can make the quizzes quite hard. But um, you've got pen and paper ready, boys? No. Preparations. Do you, do, do, do you trust me not to write it down? Um, well, Ben's got. I'll be, I'll, I'll... I've only got a pen and paper because I work from home. Work from home today, so my work stuff's literally on my desk. Could you write it in your phone, Tom? Yeah. I trust you. Tom, I, Tom, I trust you. I trust there you. There we go. I'm, I won't lie, I promise. I mean, who gives a shit if you do? Um, right, question, <laughs> question one. What football club links Chris Coleman and Dimitrios Gutas? What football club links Chris Coleman and Dimitrios Gutas? Greek God himself. Ben's scribbling away. Tom, you got an answer? I have, yeah. Question two. What football club links Josh Bowler and Errol Bullet? Not Cardiff City, obviously. Do we have to discuss the link as well? Or? Uh, you don't have to, but you know it's nice context for the listeners if you try and guess the link as well, because you could come up with something mad and random, and I'd like to hear that. Got an answer, Tom? Yeah. Ben got an answer? Yeah, but ain't right. Question three. You don't know that. Question three. Carlin Grant started his career at Charlton, but which team did he score his first league goal against? <laughs> What's funny about that, Tom? I don't know. When the, I felt confident after two, and now... Yeah. Got an answer, both of you? No. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Question four. When Errol Bullet was manager of Gaziantep, which former Cardiff City defender made 25 appearances for the club on loan? When Errol Bullet was manager of Gaziantep, which former Cardiff City defender made 25 appearances for the club whilst on loan? I think I got that one. I think I've got one right. I think I think I've got an answer to that one, yeah. All right, and, and then in question five, in August 2018, two current Cardiff City players signed for Scunthorpe on loan. One was E.K. Ugbo. Who was the other? In August 2018, two current Cardiff City players signed for Scunthorpe on loan. One was E.K. Ugbo. Who was the other? They might have signed on the same day. I didn't look in that much detail, but they arrived in the same month in 2018. Ben's got an answer. Tom, have you? Uh, yeah, I'll come up with one. <laughs> All right, and uh, question. <laughs> let's get the answers in. What uh, question one? What football club links Chris Coleman and Dimitrios Gutas? Ben, I put. I don't have the name of the club. I put that Greek one where Chris Coleman got sacked from for turning up at a student's night instead of going to work and then claiming his washing machine broke. That was in Spain, anyway. So bollocks. That, that was Sosidad. Yeah. Yeah. A toss. Atromitos, uh, Chris Coleman's their current manager, Dimitrios Gutas, played for him a couple of seasons ago. Uh, which football club links Josh Bowler and Errol Bullet? Tom, I'll come to you first. Olympiakos. Ben? I'm in Panathinaikos. It's Olympiakos. So Tom's two for two, Ben zero for z- zero for two. How's uh, Bowler? Oh, he's there on loan, wasn't he? He went on loan, went on loan from Forest, yeah. 
Oh. Um, Carl and Grant started his career at Charlton. Which team did he score his first league goal against, Ben? I went for the most league one club I could think of, and that is Crew Alexander. Tom? I did switch. I mean, the answer was in front of you. It was us. It was Cardiff. Uh, why I do you think I asked that question? Like, why would I ask that question and it'd be Ipswich I, or Crew? Man, you, you asked the woman's furniture shop. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, Errol Bullet was manager of Gaziantep. Which former Cardiff City defender made 25 appearances for the club on loan? Tom? Uh, Stephen Colker. Ben? That's what I got as well. Stephen Colker. So... It all rests on this last question of whether we go to a tiebreak because Tom's on two, Tom's on three. Oh no, Ben, it doesn't, it doesn't, does it? You've only on one, Ben. Tom's on two, isn't he? he no, three, on three, three, right. three. Three. Oh, sorry. No need for a tiebreak. In August 2018, two current Cardiff City players signed for Scunthorpe on loan. One was Ike Ogbo. Who was the other, Ben? Uh, Mr. Underrated, Ryan Wintle. Tom? Uh, oh, I didn't have an answer. Forgotten. Um... I've, I now can't think of any... This is worse than last week when he told me to do a five-word review of the kit. I, I can't think of any of our players. Jack Simpson. I know that's wrong, but there we go. Close. Jack Alnwick. I was just about to say it's Alnwick. Oh, as soon as you Alnwick. said, I was, I, it was Alnwick. I think he signed on loan from Rangers. Um, Tie-break question was really good. Oliver Denham and Tom Davis are both out on loan at Dundee United and Kilmarnock, respectively. Which of those clubs has more Cardiff City, former Cardiff City players playing for them? If you had to guess, who would you say? Dundee United or Kilmarnock? Which one has more Kil- former Cardiff City players? Kilmarnock, I know. I've got Matty Kennedy as well, so I'll go with them. Tom? I'll go for Dundee United. It's just... It's Kilmarnock. There we Kilmarnock go. Kilmarnock have also got Marley Watkins. Remember him? Oh, yeah. I saw he played at front for him. What a quiz, <laughs> Tom. Well done. You win. Um, that means you're 1-0 up in this season's trivia, trivia trail. Um, I'll think of something different next week. Right. Moving on to Colchester and QPR. We had a question from John T. Williams who said, what are your thoughts rechanges for Saturday? Good away performance. Interesting to see what his pick will be versus QPR. Also the side he puts out tomorrow. Ben, who do you expect to start against Colchester? Uh, I think it's rotation. That you've got to play, bring some players in that haven't had much time. Um, wouldn't surprise me to see Adam start. Uh, I give Luffer a start. Like, chuck him in, see how yep. he does. Romeo, Simpson, uh, the, the commander needs to come in, get some game time under his belt. Cole will, I think it's those sort of players that have sort of been in and around the first team for pre-season. Get them in, get minutes under their belt and sort of go from there and hopefully get through and actually have, like like people said in the questions, like have a bit of a Carabao Cup run, at least make it to the next round. Tom, would you play Shea Ojo? Yeah, possibly. I think, I'd, I'd keep Ugbo in. I think, mm-hmm. I think he would benefit from having a run of games now. And yeah. I think, you know, building on that performance on the weekend, I think just putting him straight back in there, build that confidence, get Tate in there as well. I think I would, it'd be nice to see some continuity as well. And I think, you know, we've got a lot of new players, so just get some minutes under their belt. You can always take them off at half-time if it comes to it. So, yeah, I think all, of, all the names I've been mentioned are, are pretty sensible. I think I'd possibly keep Alan Wick in as well. Um, again, because he hasn't, he still hasn't had a lot of game time for us, so I wouldn't mind him having a, another ninety minutes. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, I think Collins is a key one to get back in and get some actual game time because obviously he's been out for so long. Again, Abu Adams, I think, deserves to start on on the the, the um, strength of yesterday. It could well be if Robinson's fit enough, he gets half an hour towards the end of the game as well and comes in to get some game time. Um, I would love to see us have a run in the Carabao. Um, I think, you know the way the competition has gone in recent years, you could put together a decent run and go relatively deep in the competition quite, you know, without even thinking about it. And I think the fans would enjoy that as well. But Ben, the key question is how many people will be in attendance at the game? Uh, it's Wednesday, isn't it? Wednesday, sorry. I forgot yeah. what day it was. Um, it's because yes, yesterday being Sunday has thrown me all out of whack. I'll go 6,000. I reckon we might get a decent walk-up gate there. 6,000, Tom? Yeah, I was going to say five and a half. And to be honest with you, who cares? I think it's like one of those... People get so obsessed of, oh, is it going to be a record low? Like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, we know people don't turn up for these cup games. And why would they? We've been atrocious in these cup games for years. It's not, it's not like we've 
got an attractive, you know, we're not attracting people in by putting four past people in previous years. So let's let's hopefully sneak a win and just get get on with our lives. Sneak a win, get on with our lives and move on to Saturday. Um Ben, Saturday's you know, Leeds, we, we, we've used this phrase previously um, and we don't really like like it, but Leeds was effectively a free hit, wasn't it? Nobody's expecting us to win. New team going out there, but QPR at home, big crowd. It feels like this is the first, it could be the first result in, in a momentum building run, couldn't it? Yeah, and this is sort of a like key sort of test again to see where we are as a squad. We've sort of been on the back foot and been the underdog. I think against QPR, we're very much the team that are expected to get something from this. We need to be the favourites. We need to be on the front foot from the start. And that'll be really interesting to see how we do deal with that. Um, because we've not, other than sort of the um, pre, the pre, first two preseason games, we've not really had that, have we? We've not really taken the game to people. We've played against Porto. We've played against Braga. Didn't really watch the Wickham game, but it was a testimonial, so I don't really count that. But um, it'll be really interesting to see how we deal with that and if we can actually take the game to teams, because that's what we really struggled with last year, was teams you're expected to beat sort of going at them and taking the game to them. So, yeah, it's a huge test, isn't it? A really Tom, different to the Leeds game. Yeah, it's different to the Leeds game. But, Tom, would you, would you change up the approach in the first half all that much? Because, obviously... We did take the game to Leeds in a, in a in a slightly more restrictive way. Obviously, we we probably didn't go all out because it's an away game. We know how good Leeds could be, but against a team like QPR, it's almost like it's the first half from Saturday, but or from Sunday, sorry, with the shackles off ever so slightly more, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, it's a it's a team whose keeper made team of the week despite losing four nil. Like they could have easily conceded ten. Like, they were atrocious. And we should be getting at them in that first 10, 20 minutes. Put them on the back foot, because they are running low on confidence. Their fans are absolutely bricking it. They've got a manager on the brink of being sacked already. So let's take advantage of that. We're not in this position very often where we're actually quite comfortable favourites going into a tie. So, you know, take advantage of it. Get at them. Get some shots off early doors. And, you know, just get the crowd on their feet a bit. We've, we've been longing for some decent football at, at Cardiff City Stadium. So it's the perfect home game to start with. Uh, I'm just looking at the stats from their game against Watford because I knew it was bad. Um, 29% possession. Um, uh, big chances missed is one of the um, one of the um, stats they won on because Watford missed one big chance uh, and QPR missed no big chances, which is apparently better. Um, I'm not quite sure how FOTMOB have, have worked that out, but they get a win on that one. Um, they had four shots in total. Three of those were blocked. So I don't even think the keeper had any reason to make a save. Um, and their expected goals was 0.42. Um, Tom's already touched upon it, Ben, but Ainsworth is already under massive pressure. There's talk that he's fallen out with his director of football because Ainsworth wants to sign terrible players and his director of football is like, no, you shouldn't do that because you're going to get relegated. Um if we beat them and beat them well, could we see the first second of the season after Saturday? It wouldn't surprise me. They're in a bad way as it is. And those players clearly have not bought into what Ainsworth's about. Um, it's not worked out at all. I I didn't I was quite surprised he sort of sort like started the season. It wouldn't have surprised me yeah. to see him get sacked already, because like the footage of him when he brought those blokes in later in earlier in like last season to do that dance. And you could see I right there. That, I think it was a hacker, wasn't it, Ben? I can't remember what it was. It was fucking odd, though. But it was just, yeah, I just don't... It's not worth it for him, is it? He should never have left. I can understand why he did leave Wickham, but yeah. it feels much like, sort of like, you know, the way Gary Monk sort of worked up was only a good manager for Swansea because he had that connection with the club. Ainsworth, I think, is that manager for Wickham. Same with, um, what's his name? Nathan Jones at Luton. Yeah. There's something there with that team and that manager that worked that that manager can't take elsewhere. And uh, yeah, Ainsworth is clearly a mentalist who um, had the right buy-in at Wickham. It just, you know, and it's probably more existential, Tom, but when I think about the way Ainsworth plays, I thought that at least he would make them defensively sound. He would at least make them solid and hard to beat. It is seemingly the complete opposite, isn't it? I think that, again, that's down to the players not buying into it. You know, they're, they're not feeling his tactics. He is his tactics are pretty limited as a manager. 
he sets up teams like well and kind of banks on them like waste again an early lead, wasting time, you know, just taking the sting out of games. And QPR's not really the club for that. I think like Wickham's the ideal type of club for like an eccentric manager like him. QPR is not a fan base who are going to buy into that. And they've got, they haven't got a squad either. Not at all. So I, I thought it was a strange move at the time and it's proven to be the case. And yeah, I don't think it's going to be long until he exits. Um, ben, Have you seen on the, the MG Cup next round draw? Sorry. Go on, who is it? Breaking news. Breaking news on the pod that will have been broken yesterday by the time we listen to it. Go on. Sw- uh, Swansea. We've got Swansea, Swansea away. Fucking hell. <laughs> like, always going to happen, isn't it? We always draw them in the cup. Uh, <sighs> what date is that? That is... Sorry, it just got past. Further details. Uh, further details as far as in due course. They haven't given the dates yet. Well, you know what this means? We could see the first... Is it the first MG... It's, it's the first bubble trip in the MG Cup, surely. Did that, Yeah, I mean, of course we drew them, but uh, we'll, let's let's aim for the triple. If Bullock gets the triple, build him a fucking statue. Let me tell you that now. <laughs> I know Bullock won't be in charge of this because it's the end of 21s or whatever. Um, ben, back to the QPR game. Oh, almost dropped my, knocked my fan over. Um, we've already talked about the kind of changes you make already. Would you try and keep the same team from Saturday or is there anyone you'd bring in, you know, if Robinson's fit, if, um, I don't know, if you bring uh, Collins in, do you push a doubter up, whatever it may be? Uh, i keep it as close to that team that started against Leeds as possible, probably Rolls being the obvious one that misses out yeah. if his hit's not better. Um, I'd 100% have that team. I really liked the way it worked. Even Grant, I think, like, if you've got, it's the perfect game for someone like him who's sort of low on confidence to prove what he can do. Um, yeah, it's the same team for me. Tom? Yeah, I completely agree. I think those attacking players would be rubbing their hands. I think, you know, this is a game you want early in the season. You know, when your confidence levels are going to be fairly high, you know, we haven't fucked anything up yet. So I think like it's an ideal chance. <laughs> yeah, I think it's an ideal chance, yeah, to have a bit of continuity with that squad and just let them let them get at them. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm really looking forward to it. It seems like a lot of people are excited for it, Tom. There's a big crowd expected. Um, obviously, you know, we've sold a few season tickets. It looks like there's not many tickets available around the ground. Um, it's exciting, isn't it, Tom? Like, first first game of the season, Ramsey back, all that kind of good stuff. It could be a really good occasion. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm like, There's a lot of people I know who are Cardiff fans who don't go that often who are going to this game. They've picked it out. Like, they're really excited about it. My mum's going, which is interesting. Didn't see that come in. Um, you know... My partner's coming down with me to watch it. She's quite excited to watch it. So there's just a lot of those like fringe fans who are bought buying into it. And it's good, it's good it's good to see though, because like we need those people in the ground. We don't want to be playing in front of, you know, sixteen thousand, the atmosphere kind of echoing around the stadium like and disappearing into the concourse. We want these big occasions. So let hopefully we get a decent crowd there, get a decent win, and we can build it up for the rest of the season. Because if we've got a rock in stadium, it is a hard place to come. It used to be a fortress for it, and it's been anything but that for, for a good few seasons now. So it'd be great to see that return. Yeah, and I think Ben, it's important, isn't it? If you, you know, if you get twenty five thousand people, thirty thousand people through the door for this first game, and that performance is brilliant, it's going to bring them back, isn't it? All of a sudden, it's like, what? What's the next game? When can I come again? And that's crucial for building that momentum, isn't it? Yeah, it, again, like you said, it's all about the momentum there, but the fan base is sort of getting the good times back at that stadium because since COVID it's not really been the fortress it once was and that is all down to getting the fans and getting the fans back will play a huge part in that it sort of snowballs into just the real good field good factor about everything then as well with the fans there so yeah it needs to be a positive result and it needs to be a good atmosphere as well go on then let's do it predictions Ben you go first uh, I'm going to go 2-0 whoa Tom uh, 3-0 I'm going to go 3-1 uh, it's like a combination of the two. We win by two goals, but we score three goals. But they score one as well. Um, I'll be pessimistic on that one. Uh, right. That's it for another episode of The View from the Ninian. If you like what we do, you can get involved. Twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Um, if you want to give us some money, because we do this for the love, not the money. KOFI.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Um, you can email us, vftninian at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on threads. You can find us on Substack, because... 
Twitter slash X. I don't even know if it'll exist again in a week's time. This is this is the kind of stuff we have to deal with when running a podcast. Um, Tom, favorite bit of the pod? I thought it was a good, solid performance all round. You know, I thought yeah. the first half was stronger than second, um, much like the performance on Sunday. Ben, favorite bit? Uh, you getting very defensive over your jacket. I'm not defensive over <laughs> my jacket. My jacket's fantastic. Everyone says it. Milo Davis said it was fantastic. You watch yourself, Ben. I will replace you so fucking fast. (laughs) (laughs) Right, we'll be back after the QPR game. Thanks for listening once again, and we'll be back next week. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Sports Social Podcast Network